When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football, Heather. Live here on a Tuesday afternoon, and uh, more guests will come. We have already uh, talked to Wilson Alexander. Griff is later in the show, in case you wanted to lock the dog up and the, and the ferret. Uh, Dana is calling next. Hello, sir. Good afternoon. Yeah, I was on. Hey, what are you? Two opinions, okay? Don't connect. What do you think about that player? <laughs> oh, I think he's amazing. Uh, he has been one of the most exciting players in the country this year. Yeah, it's amazing to me, you know, being a Tennessee fan. And what do you think about this fool that killed that girl in Athens? Well, Dana, uh, it, it is uh, just an absolute tragedy. Uh, and uh, I was watching uh, television last night and saw Brian Kemp, the governor, speaking about it. And I've heard so many other people in that area. And I uh, appreciate you bringing it up. Thank you very much for the call. Matt is up next. In hey, brother, how are you doing? I'm not really calling to talk about sports today. I got a question I need to ask you. Okay. I want to work for the UN someday. I found a path to maybe get me there. But my conscience is torn a little bit because I want to do as you do for a living. But I don't want to give up on the UN Dream Eater. It's just a pass for me. A massive for advice, Paul. Well, I think the, uh, I've been, uh, been to that facility many times uh, used to work not far from there and uh, it's a very uh, it's a very worthwhile what would you like to do for for the united nations maybe work myself away from the bottom to the top maybe become an ambassador i've always had passion to change the world in the violence in the wars how mm-hmm. people see a different perspective about each other i know most things people don't know about history the civil rights movement dr martin jr's famous quote he said even Winston Churchill, we know his race. I know his quote. He said about those who don't learn from their history are doing are doing repeated again. The more we hate each other, the more we kill each other, the more we die with each other around the world and here. I just always had a passion to change the world, Paul. Well, I think that's a good path, uh, Matt, and uh, hopefully one day uh, maybe we could hook I up. I just want to know what would you do. Well, I, I would uh, I would pursue the the UN. Uh, the reason I say that is. I don't think uh, the career I'm in uh, is very stable. And I mean by that, it's a very uncertain uh, industry where mm-hmm. there's always going to be uh, the, the UN trying to solve world, world peace. Uh, there's always going to be hunger. What there's would you do if be... you guys saw me as an ambassador someday with the UN? What uh, would you guys say? Well, I think it would, uh, it would be... Uh, it would be incredible to see that. Uh, I mean, imagine that, Randy. We're in New York at, at Dog Hammershot uh, Plaza, and we walk in, and there was a group of people. Is Ambassador Matt? 
Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, walk in the Security Council, and there's Matt, that chairman of the Security Council. Um, <laughs> yeah, it can be cool. Uh, ordering, uh, you know, deal, having to deal with Russia's veto power. Matt, I think that's a great goal. Go for it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And okay. Look, I want to say one more thing. I know people are mad at Augie, but Augie's going to be like a brother to me, and just like you, Paul, and all the rest of my friends. I'm a little mad at Augie, too. I don't like Jim. I can't stand the guy. But I just asked him, cut Augie a little slack. He's just... He's drunk on that LSU stuff, and sometimes it blinds him. It's like fear and ignorance that blind the human race. Well, thank you very, very much, uh, uh, Mr. Secretary. General. You're welcome, brother. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I, I just can you imagine Matt as the Secretary General of the United Nations? Harry is up next in New Orleans. Uh, hello, Harry. Hey, Paul. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, if, is that correct, Mr. Griffith? Will be on soon. Or? Uh, well, we don't want for, for security reasons. We don't want to say too much, <laughs> but he will be on at six well, p.m. Eastern time. That is. Uh, well, I'll tell you. One o'clock Paul, in the morning. Might, one o'clock in the morning real in London. Quick, uh, I'd like to share something with Augie and Dwayne. Okay. Uh, Maybe Augie can do a little research at the law firm and dig up something on, and and send uh, send the new coaching staff. Well, not the new coaching staff, but the new defensive coordinator. A copy of the old Chinese bandits. You remember the Chinese bandits, Paul? Of course. <laughs> My old friend Andy Bourgeois, one of the bandits. I was looking at that last night and uh, listening to a few things and. Uh, I'm afraid that the Tigers are going to have to come up with something similar to the Chinese bandits. So maybe Augie can do a little. He can share that with uh, with uh, with the coach. Uh, by the way, the, the Chinese bandits is one of the most famous uh, nicknames in college football history. Uh, Harry, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Was that was that uh, was that Paul Dietzel? Was he the coach? Yeah, I think that was the. I was Paul. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I think we're losing you, Harry, but we'll see if we can get you back in a minute. Uh, we go from Harry to Squirrel. Hello, Squirrel. Thank you for taking my call. And you know me, Paul. I'm not one to crush dreams, but I do like to keep things real. Can we discuss Matt's call for just a second? Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to criticize the UN, uh, <laughs> even though, even Matt, though it, it has Matt now come out that the, U, that the UN was involved in the uh, October six uh, attack of Israel. But yeah, I, I, well, I figure by the time just, Matt yeah, gets there, they'll, the, they'll clear that up. Well, that ain't the first rogue organization you would have uh, endorsed. Let's just put it that way. Well, but yeah, all for the it was all for the dream though, uh, uh, Squirrel. I didn't. I just didn't want. I just didn't feel. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to tell him how corrupt the place really is. Well, he asked you the question, what would you think if he was an ambassador in, uh, in, at the United Nations? You said you thought that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, my first thought was if Matt's an ambassador to the United Nations, the world's on fire, uh, even worse than it is well, right come on, now. That come on, Squirrel. Nikki Haley was an and ambassador. Don't you have to, well, and, that was, and she peaked. And she peaked at that moment, too. Now, don't you have to have a degree to be an ambassador? No, no. I've, I've been there before. I don't think any of those people have degrees. <laughs> okay, I mean, you walk well, around uh, the U.N., uh, and, I mean, you'll see 
I mean, listen, I, I don't, anyone who's anyone under, but there's the nothing president. wrong with working to enable peace for mankind. Okay, yeah. If that ever happens, let me know. But but <laughs> doesn't the White House appoint ambassadors? Well, the president of the United like States uh, over monster. The president does choose ambassadors to, from the UN to every every consulate in in the world. Yes, that's his job. And one last thing about yesterday's show, uh, Legend had a great great point. I don't know if it was like a milestone. I don't know if you recognized it. Uh, he was able to talk about a high school sporting event. Uh, he was able to name the high school. He was able to name players yes. they competed about. He was able to name the play. That's something Jim from Tuscaloosa literally has never done in the entirety of this show. Well, I don't squirrel, know that, that's really, that uh, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to act like, you know, my, my previous career as a re investigative reporter gives me an advantage. It doesn't. But... You figured it out. Uh, the reason why Jim can't name a, a school or a player is because he never played high school football or basketball or baseball. He, he can't even do his mascot or team colors or school colors. So, like I said, Jim's a complete phony. He's a fraud. People are finally realizing it. And I'd, I'd go back under a rock and hide like he's doing, too. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. Well, thanks for just completely ruining my day by, uh, by bursting the dream. Uh, of Matt being uh, an ambassador to the UN. That's a good gig. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, talk we're not talking about say, you know, finding peace in Ukraine. We're, it's a good job for Matt. Don't be a killjoy, Squirrel. We'll take a short break. Stuart Mandel from The Athletic, right around the corner. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We have been digesting the decision from East Tennessee for a couple of days, and we're eager to get 
the opinion of Stuart Mandel from The Athletic, who has written about this and been talking about the NCAA's plight for a very long time. Stuart, thanks so much for being here. Uh, most people think this is serious trouble for the NCAA. I know you agree, but, but how bad off are they? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Paul. It's pretty alarming if you're the NCAA when you think about the fact that probably one of the biggest kind of fundamental bedrocks of college sports for as long as I've known it is you can't pay the recruits. You can't use money to induce recruits. And in about the span of about three weeks, Tennessee, with the help, obviously, of the attorney general in Tennessee and the attorney general in Virginia, got that overturned, right, with a preliminary injunction. And now there are no rules restricting pay-for-play uh, using NIL money. And this on the heels of uh, a few months ago, um, kind of the same thing with the transfer rules, right? For all, for the longest time, it was, you know, you know athlete transferred. We all knew they had to sit out a year at their next school. And then that got softened and got softened. And then um, now there's no rules whatsoever about transfers. And so the writing is on the wall. Uh, this is, these are the last days of the NCAA as we've always known it. Whatever restrictions they do still have that, that a judge somewhere in this country would see as a antitrust violation is going to get struck down. And it's time for the leadership of college sports to take that into their own hands instead of what we've seen over the years of like, well, let's hopefully Congress will bail us out. No, you guys are going to have to bail yourselves out. Well, we've seen a lot of the, the usual from Charlie Baker. Uh, he gave a, a lot of non statements in the aftermath, and then he's called on his council of board of directors. I'm sure uh, he's going by this very carefully, but uh, do you hear anything from him right now that uh, other than the, than the usual playbook, Stuart? Charlie Baker, to me, is a significant improvement from Mark Emmert, who never acknowledged anything about college athletics needed to change. You know, he put out that proposal in December that was pretty stunning at the time, suggesting that there should be a subdivision of schools that are allowed to pay their athletes directly, um, that the schools themselves should uh, be able to make their own NIL deals, which would frankly make a lot more sense than what we have now with these third-party collectives. And it was met with considerable resistance. I think the single biggest um, problem the NCAA always has in these situations is it's just so big. It's thousands of schools, and it doesn't, it's just not possible to, to change nimbly. Everything takes years of committee meetings and task forces and so on and so forth. Well, you see the speed at which these things are being torn down. Like I said, three weeks from the day Tennessee's chancellor sent that letter to Charlie Baker, how dare you try to punish us for the actions of our collective, to a judge saying the NCAA can no longer enforce those rules for anyone. Um, it's unprecedented, right? We've never lived through anything like this, where so much, you know, so much of the NCAs, um, just that, just so many of the, the the things we assumed would always be the case in the NCA, like you can't pay the recruits, are getting overturned left and right now. Stuart, uh, let, let's talk a, a little bit about the the makeup of college athletics right now, because you know so many people are obsessing over. The Big Ten SEC move, the ACC is under fire in court uh, and out of court for that matter. Uh, how, how would you describe where we are uh, away from 
the legal issues, but just from the structure of, of the Power Five, which is no which is no more. I mean, what's going on? I mean, the the crazy thing, Paul, is that those of us that watch college football on Saturdays and watch the national championship game, um, college sports as a product is thriving. Uh, and not just football, uh, Caitlin Clark and women's basketball, softball, like all these sports are enjoying this huge boost in popularity. March Madness, I'm sure, will be highly popular as it always is. But behind the scenes, the entire infrastructure is crumbling. Like you said, it's, you know, some of this is NCAA um, legislation, but some of it is conference makeup. Um, now, you know, the college football playoff leaders met last week and they're already considering expanding the playoff that we haven't actually gotten the first 12 team version of it's just, it's just an, almost impossible to keep up with, to be honest, the amount of change or possible change that's being discussed. But I think, you know, the, the 12 team, the, the, the playoff expansion conversation last week to me was one of the first concrete examples of we now live in a world where the SEC and big 10 are going to dictate the terms. Um, when they came up with the 12 team playoff, it was very, um, equitable, I thought. You know, Greg Sankey has said a million times, we were fine with four. We didn't need more than four. But if we're going to go to 12, um, you know, th- these are the rules we're willing to play within. Uh, but then they all plundered each other, starting with Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. And now the next version of the playoff might just be the SEC and Big Ten get two-thirds of the teams, two-thirds of the revenue. These are hypothetical numbers I'm throwing out. And everybody else should just feel fortunate to still play at the same table as them. Considering that has happened, uh, we know where the power is, but what is what is left? And the, what I mean by that is the, the Big 12 looks like a pretty interesting league uh, with good leadership. What are your thoughts on where the ACC is right now? Yeah, the Big, the big 12, you know, you could argue is much more stable than the ACC, and but for a for kind of a weird reason, their teams are not sought after. Those were not the teams that the Big Ten and the SEC were interested in adding, and so they were able to, under Brett Yormark's leadership, really um, stabilize after they lost Texas and Oklahoma. Whereas the ACC literally has its, you know, one of its probably two most prominent uh, athletic departments suing to try to get out of it. You know, you, you would have thought, hey, we have a grant of rights through 2036. It doesn't get any more ironclad than that. And Florida State is trying to turn that upside down. I have no idea, obviously, how that is going to play out. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I kind of think that once you sign a deal, like, you're obligated to stick to that deal. But what do I know? Uh, but they're making it untenable. Like, how do you, even even if whatever a judge is going to rule in that case, can Florida State and the ACC coexist for another 12 years? Um, that relationship is so frayed. And, you know, of all the challenges of the many challenges that are out there, that one's a biggie because if Florida State can successfully get out of a grant of rights that um, supposedly would penalize them hundreds of millions of dollars, then anybody can do that. And then you're talking about another, um, you know, Pac-12 type situation possibly where a conference just gets decimated. Stuart, everyone wants to play the what if game. That's something that's kept both of us uh, busy for the last 15 years in terms of, Florida State, should they break away? It may open the door for others. I mean, are there logical or likely landing places for those teams most likely, those schools, I should say, most likely likely to leave the ACC? 
the thing is, Paul, all these years where all these schools were jumping conferences, it was with, you know, the assumption that TV networks will pay whatever to, to get more college football, more college, you know what I mean? Like the sports rights market just kept going up and up and up for decades, really. And what we've seen in the last two years is a real softening of that. And I think the SEC, you know, Pac-12 not being able to get a TV deal was obviously the most radical um, example of that. But even the SEC, you know, kind of found out the hard way. They thought if we go to nine conference games, ESPN will just pay us more money, and they and they wouldn't. And that's why they're still at eight games. So to answer, that's a way to answer your question of saying, well, if the whole ACC became free agents tomorrow, um, yeah, it would be easy to say, well, the Big Ten will go get. Florida State and the SEC will go get Clemson and UNC and this and that, but who's going to pay for it? That's not as much of a certainty to me as it used to be, especially if you're ESPN, you know, and you're paying, uh, I don't know the exact number, but let's say $30 million a year to show Florida State's games right now, and then they jump the SEC and you're going to have to pay 50 or $60 million to televise the same school's games. That's the part I don't think enough people talk about that – that part of the equation and realignment has really shifted in the last couple of years. Stuart, before you go, let's get to the actual field because our, our, our listeners and viewers care a lot about that. Um, I think we know Georgia will be the preseason number one. We know Ohio State is going to be there somewhere. But uh, after that, uh, who are you intrigued by? Who are you watching closely as we get ready for spring ball in a lot of places? Yeah, I mean, I think after things shook out with all the coaching changes, you were basically, um, you know, those two you mentioned, Ohio State obviously just absolutely loaded up in the transfer portal and keeping their um, guys that could have turned pro. And I think you've got two others, Texas and Oregon. Texas was in the playoff last year. I think Steve Sarkeesian did a great job in the portal of addressing some of the big issues where they lost their key guys. And then Oregon, who I think Phil Knight just like said, you know, Dan Lanning goes to Phil Knight and says, we need a quarterback. And he says, how much do you need? Because <laughs> they got Dylan Gabriel, who I think was the top quarterback in the portal. Um, they got Evan Stewart, the great receiver from Texas A&M, and, and so on and so on. I think those four teams, if I was picking a playoff field right now, um, and if we had a four-team playoff, would be those four. And then I think it's a drop-off from there. But somebody obviously will surprise us. Um, but those are the four most intriguing me right now. You you were out west. Uh, we, we saw... Caleb Williams and, and USC go from top five, top ten to one of the biggest disappointments we've ever seen. Uh, is that program able to come back quickly uh, in the Big Ten? I think that depends on um, two things. You know, obviously Lincoln Riley had to fire his defense, his whole defensive staff, pretty much brought in brought in a new staff. Will that new staff make an immediate improvement? Because I do think last year. They were more talented than they played. You know, there was no excuse for them to have one of the worst defenses in the country. If that doesn't happen, then it becomes a much more alarming problem because now it's a Lincoln Riley problem and how he runs his program and the kind of style he plays and the way they practice. Is it just not possible for a Lincoln Riley team to have a great defense? Because if they don't, if that's the case, um, it's not going to go well in the Big Ten for them. It's just not. Uh, and I think if you look at their schedule next year, they play LSU out of conference. They play Notre Dame, as they always do. And then, and then you know, a Big Ten schedule on top of that. Um, if that defense doesn't get considerably better, last year might seem like a great year compared <laughs> to what might be in store for them this coming season. 
That's amazing to think that, I mean, this is somebody a couple of years ago, we had linked to every job in the world, including the Dallas Cowboys. And now I think I hear where you're, where you're going there. Uh, Stuart, always great to have you on. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Paul. Stuart Mandel from The Athletic on uh, the off the field and the on the field contro con controversies and conversation about next season. We'll take a break. Your phone calls next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back, and uh, apparently Matt wanted to say one more thing here, Matt. Look, Squirrel, I understand you and his crooked, in his crooked, anything man trades, even with the best attention in the world, turns that way but you need to listen and listen good i'm no dang fool i understand you and it's crooked and corrupt had some good things and some bad things but i know how this game is played don't you question my integrity Don't you question my loyalty to the human rights in this country but if i had to choose between a star trek society if the world ended i choose star trek society only if it's that kind of choice i can make to build that we have to battle our own selves to create peace in our own hearts and that does with individuals and building the seeds of compassion, generosity, and kindness. Don't ever think I'm some fool, squirrel. I've been through some stuff in my life, and you don't know what that means. I've been called stupid. I've been called retarded and a freak, and it was my fault where I was born. And I've been called a dang fool. But don't you ever question my integrity or my compassion to change the world or put me as some dang fool. You understand that, squirrel? I know how this game is played, Paul, and I don't mean to yell on your show, but I don't like people calling me some dang fool, especially on this show with my fellow brothers and sisters. Thank you very much, Matt. You be well. You take care of yourself. Trey is up next. Hello, Trey. Let's get ready to rumble. Man, Paul. Hey, what? That was a hopping mad Aggie right there. <laughs> you aren't kidding Hey, Paul, I'm going to get you my rules trivia for you tomorrow. I got a good one for you. But, Paul, um, did Nick Saban really hurt Daryl that bad? I mean, is it not just the same old, same old, same old phone call? I mean, Saban really hurt that guy, did he not? Saban broke his heart. And we all know, I don't need to sing some lyrics from an old, oldie song, but, but yeah. getting over a broken heart, especially for a guy named Daryl, is really tough. Well, one more How question for you, Paul. Heart. Paul, when, 
one more question for you. How can a loser when you get ready to retire and no longer, or you no longer do this show anymore? Right. Oh, heaven forbid! Who, who, that, that, that could never happen. Well, who would you like to see take your place, or who would the callers like to see you take your place? I, I just just curious, you know. We get up there in age, and people like say, but I don't want to see you just all of a sudden uh, get up and leave like Satan no, no, did. I've, so I've, I, I've, I've made a commitment. Turn. I mean, there, I mean, I am. Uh, what's the, how long are we, we committed here for, Randy? A couple more weeks. <laughs> At least a spring all right, break. Paul, take you taking my call. You have a great day. Thank you very much. <laughs> Tom is up next in Louisiana. Hello, Tom. Hey, Paul. Even after that last call, I, I still think Matt would do better as the Secretary General of the U.N. than anybody else. You, uh, you know what? And, he would do uh, better than the guy we currently have up there. I don't even know who's up there. But, uh, but uh, listen, I love all your callers, and I think you should pay all your callers. And then I wanted to uh, ask you about in Shreveport when you were there. Yeah, by the way, the uh, current Secretary General is from Portugal. Oh, okay. A critical country to world peace. Well, did, did you hear me when I said oh, I about Shreveport? callers? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. As far as Shreveport, yeah, I, I was there briefly uh, right out of school. It was. Uh, did you ever meet Horace Logan over there or the page guy kwkh you know uh you know i worked at the, i i worked at the at the newspaper uh so I, I knew some of the radio people i knew uh on the times yeah um i knew jim hawthorne when he was in shreveport uh, remember he was yeah. uh, he, later the LA, he, jim was uh, still at centenary college when i the uh, the year i was in shreveport and yeah. I, I knew some of the uh, I mean, I knew mainly the writers. I mean, yeah, I would run into the TV guys at various events, but uh, did you ever meet Skandar Akbar? I think so. I, I think I did. Now, I was there a long time ago. I mean, this was uh, a few. How, how long? How long do you go back in Shreveport? Oh, to about 76. To, yeah, no, I, mean, I was I was clearly I was there after that. So, uh, yeah. Um, I remember, uh, I remember the, I'm trying to remember some of the newspaper guys. I remember. Uh, oh, there's one I went to LSU with. I can't remember what his name was. Yeah. This has been a very poor call. So. No, by the way, I'll uh, tell you the guy I knew, I knew very well, and you may remember him because he was legendary, with, especially with high school, was uh, Jerry Bird. You remember Jerry? Yeah, Jerry Bird. Uh-huh. I knew yeah. him very well. Yeah, I knew. Well, uh, we lived over, I live over by Monroe, so. Oh, okay. That was way over there, but, but I, you know, when uh, I was I there, Horace I covered. Logan, uh, but anyway, I want, I want, I wanted to tell you, Horace Logan, yeah, coined the phrase. You know what he phrase he coined? No. He would come on after the after the concert and say, "Elvis has left the building." Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Horace Logan. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, so did, been, now tell me this: been, Didn't Elvis? I know, listen. I know Elvis was from Memphis because uh, that's where I'm from, but. But so was Horace Logan with the Hayride? Is that right? Well, yes, that's, that's where I mean Elvis and, really got his start, did he not? At the uh, Louisiana Hayride? Well, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. 
And uh, but he was from Tupelo now. He won from Memphis. He yeah, no, Tupelo. I mean, I, right? Yeah, I mean, he he was born in Tupelo, but he went to high school. Uh, he moved to Memphis. I know he went to high school in Memphis. I don't know exactly when he arrived. And he went up there with Alvin, Al, the Reverend Al Green. Yeah, they uh, they recorded. Uh, they both recorded uh, at stacks at some at one point. But uh, yeah, Elvis, Al Green, Elvis recorded found, most of his stuff at Sun with uh, yeah, with Sun Records with uh, yeah. what you call it. But when uh, Al Green, how he uh, found the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's when his when his girlfriend poured grease on him in the in the bathtub. Yeah. I do remember that. Well, hey, thanks for the call, Tom. Yeah, I mean, Elvis got to start with uh, Sam Phillips at, at Sun Records, but he, I think he just, uh, I'm trying to remember if Reverend Green was at Sun or Stax, but, but uh, hey, hey, Reverend Green was, uh, he, did, he did all his biggest hits of the 70s in, in Memphis. That was an interesting call. Uh, <laughs> what? Colin is up next. Uh, let me see if I can punch that button right. Hey, Colin. Oh man, the show is lit today, man. It, it is lit. Whenever when you have Matt defending his uh, desire to be the Secretary General of the UN against against a rodent of all things in Mississippi, bro. Listen, it's so funny when he said that. You know who I thought? And then someone said, "Who's going to take your place?" The same guy, but he can't do both jobs. Charles from Realtown. I would walk out of here tomorrow if Charles from Real Talent agreed to take my job. I mean, Paul, the, his charisma <laughs> would, would alone tote the show. Man, listen, the strains of all this free burden I'm doing down here in South Alabama has kept me from listening to the show. And uh, I didn't know we were still talking about Jim. And uh, listening to some of the callers, I'm starting to wonder – if uh, Jim was, did he say he was as good or better than uh, See, that's how Williams. that's how it all happened. One day, I don't remember. He he he. We were talking about something, and there is a recording of this on on some website. I, I've heard it. Obviously, I lived it. But no, I heard it live too. Yeah, I mean, we started going through it, and I said, "Are you better than Lou Brock? Are you better than Barry Bonds? Was better than Ted Williams? Are you better than?" Uh, then I said, "I finally said like Hank Aaron," uh, and I, I got to Willie Mays, who may, most people believe was the, <laughs> you know, one of the two or three greatest baseball players of all time. I said, "Are you better than Willie Mays?" He said, "Yeah." Uh, I, I said, "Well, the greatest hitter of all time was Ted Williams." He said, I was as good as him. 400 batting average. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nothing I mean, to Jim, man. Nothing mean, to I Jim. Mean, I, on this, I mean, Ted could have sat out his final game because it was a meaningless, like, Monday afternoon game with 4,000 people. That's right. I heard it. I know and he decided, I'm going to play, and he got a hit or two and, uh, and ended up you know, 4 or 1 or whatever. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jim said, and then man. I got, by the way, but the most fascinating part of that call, I then went to golf. I said, well, how good a golfer were you? He said, oh, I was a pretty good golfer. Uh, and I went through the same thing. You know, Gary Player, oh. Lee Trevino, Arnold Palmer, Jack uh, Nicholas, And then he trash, said he was as good as Tiger trash, Woods. Paul. Better, good, as good as. Yeah. Man, what a polarizing cat Jim is. I, I didn't really know where, where to go next after, I mean, I thought about getting into music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know he was better than Minnesota Fats. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Jimmy I, Page. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Well, in the music, I mean, you'd Dude. almost have to start with Michael Jackson, Prince, Elvis, or Paul McCartney. You're lucky he calls in, Paul. He's toting the show, bro. Yeah. Uh, Man, I had a point for this call, but I can't even remember with all well, the. Well, no, uh, yeah, we, we could play this game all day. All the fire that's been going on today. And by the Oof. way, Colin, after saying all of that, as Squirrel pointed out, we still can't find a single record of anyone who's ever played against Jim, any any newspaper microfilm from that era. Um, he no didn't high know, he, had, he didn't play against anybody that can can vouch for him. No, no one's called I mean, at in least, and vouched. At least we had a movie on the legend of Bagger Vance. You'd think somebody'd call it and be like, hey, he went four for four off me, man. He was ripping it off. I mean, there's got to be nothing. one guy out there that said, you know, I, I played Jim in American Legion ball, and the guy the guy was a monster. I mean, he, yeah. he could have been someone. It's an open call, but Jim's so secretive, Paul, he doesn't give out his vitals, right? Yeah. We don't even know who he is. Well, Squirrel claims to know his name. He's a mystery. I man. thought He's I knew his name book. at one point. We uh, back in the yeah, old days. Uh, hey, Colin, uh, at the old station, uh, the one that Jim hates, uh, that thing what was so great. We had a picture of Jim up, and in I, think it was in, I think it was in Pat Smith's office. And during Roll Tide War Eagle, that remember the the uh, thirty for thirty uh, that ESPN did in in two thousand eleven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they combed around and they showed it, and Jim said, "That's not me." <laughs> uh, so anyway, short break. We'll come back with much more right after this. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Here in Richard is in Durham, and you are on the air. Hello, Richard. Uh, Paul, appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. Before we get started, I'll just tell you where I'm coming from. We talk sometime about how old people are who call you. Yes, I was there at Georgia, I was there at Georgia to see Johnny Griffiths last season in the Welk Convents in, and I was also at. FSU to welcome the year before Bobby Bowden. So you have you seen it all. See I've gone back. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. But I, I wanted to say a few things. Uh, you know, Matt felt about, about the UN. 
course, I'd, I'd advise him what he needs to do is get active in politics or he's never going to go in anywhere. No. I mean, cause the, because the different parties are the ones who, you know, the, uh, are the way you go up for anything like that. And one other thing that, I, you know, you had a fellow yesterday who called was talking about what would make the, the ACC better. Right. The, the only thing I can see is if the ACC told uh, Notre Dame to either fish or cut bait and they decided to fish. And so they went full, full time, you know, uh, so, you know, you know, something, Richard, I, I agree with you, but they can't afford to do that because they know Notre Dame will, will leave. They still benefit. I mean, Notre Dame, I mean, every ACC school plays five has, uh, I mean, the ACC has five Notre Dame games a year. Uh, I mean, they play every, they play five different ACC schools, I believe is what I'm trying to say. And those are valuable. Those are better TV matchups usually than Wake Forest and, yeah, 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 yeah. They uh, that's that's probably true. I would say that would be about the only way I know I know of it. And I think the only way the ACC will stay together is if if the um, if the courts strike down Florida State's. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it is that serious right now. There's a lot going on. Hey, Richard, always great to hear from you. Thank you so much for sharing your uh, history with us. We head to the break. Zim will be here in a moment to give us uh, an update on the latest news of the day. Griffith is uh, on deck for the six o'clock hour. Good or bad, I don't know. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. 